Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I've gotten a chat with a number of people lately and I decided to answer some of their questions today. I got an email from a listener about how persnickety, she says, imagination is. I won't share with you the person's name, but they did give me permission to talk about the topic. This person has a seemingly incurable disease. She said that when my doctor asks me how I am doing, how it's progressing, I always say the same thing. I measure it by how easy it is for me to get off the toilet. So, as I mentioned to you a few months ago, I imagined that it was very easy to get off the toilet, which would indicate I no longer have this disease. I kept imagining this. I imagined standing up easily off the toilet. I imagined conversations with, and she names the man, saying, look how I can easily get up now. So fast forward, without making a conscious connection to my imagination and my wish fulfilled, I decided I needed to get a new toilet, so I ordered one. And while I was getting a new toilet, why not get a higher one? So yesterday, I said, oh, now I can get up so much easier, and then it hit me. I had made my imaginary wish a reality, but guess what? I still had the disease. I had not cured myself, but I had made my imaginary vision a reality. So it's important when you imagine what you want to be specific. She goes on to say, you may want to lose 10 pounds, but you may get food poisoning and lose 10 pounds, but not the way you wanted. So yes, my imaginal act came true. I can now get up easily off the toilet, but I'm still sick. First, Thanks for sharing your story with me and letting me share it on here. Neville talked about a time when he was still living in New York. He had just finished a meeting in which very few people showed up. It was a very cold and snowy day, a very blustery day, and he admitted to sinking into self-pity. And while in that state, he imagined being back in warm Barbados. Not too long afterward, he ended up having to travel to Barbados because his mother had gotten very ill and she was near death. I can never escape imagination because that is who I am, my awareness of being. So, like Neville, when I'm caught up in feeling, whether it's pity or something fun, it's going to be expressed. Most of the time, we go through our lives not recognizing the harvest as our own, but it is all us. It can't be otherwise if you know that consciousness is the only reality. Well, let me uh, change that. It can't be otherwise, period. And hopefully you know that consciousness is the only reality. Most of us think of God, or used to think of God, as being up there somewhere, watching, judging, ready to send us to the lake of fire. But wait, I said the right prayer at the right church, so phew, I get to go to heaven instead of eternal torment. But if you look at the Bible as an autobiography, the central character, regardless of the name, is you. You'll see that it isn't talking about some supernatural beings in a war for our souls. It's saying God is, I am. My awareness of being, before it's conditioned with my name, my physical attributes, my geographical location, all those other things that I think I am. When I say I am sick, God is saying I am sick. When I feel wealthy, God feels wealthy. If I believe my imagination is more like a genie in a bottle waiting to trip me up 
If I don't imagine my wish fulfilled in just the right way, then that's what I will give myself. If I react to my image in a mirror with anger or desperation and wish that I were skinny, yeah, I could see how food poisoning might come up or a tapeworm. It's the state I'm in that matters. If I'm in a fearful, frustrated state, then what I'm imagining and what I experience will be different than from a different state. I'll give you an example from last year. I was going through my closet and came across a pair of black skinny jeans and I wanted to be able to wear them again. Now, this is where you might be thinking, why does a 49-year-old man have skinny jeans? <laughs> All right, I have a 20-something uh, soul. <laughs> so it wasn't much weight. In fact, I didn't even consider how much weight I should lose. I just wanted to be able to wear those skinny jeans again. So while standing at my closet, I imagined pulling up those jeans and felt how good they feel on me. I set the premise. I was thrilled at being able to wear them again and proud of myself for knowing how I did it. If I had gotten sick, like with a tapeworm or food poisoning, which caused me to lose weight, that feeling would be different. So I said it right there by being thrilled at the fulfillment of my wish and thrilled with myself for doing it, knowing how I did it. Now you might be thinking, well, but Neville says that we're brought about, brought over a bridge of incident and we have no control over that. No, but by setting my end, my end was feeling fit and feeling the thrill of having those genes on me again and proud of myself for knowing how I did it. That sets the end right there. I just got rid of any weird uh, bridges that I might cross, like some horrible food poisoning or uh, getting in some accident where I had to have my jaw wired shut and to lose the weight. I'm not going to just imagine it all willy-nilly and, you know, whatever happens, happens. By the feeling I inhabit, when I move into the end, sets the tone. It sets it all. And it happened in a wonderful way because I was feeling the thrill of it. I wouldn't be feeling the thrill of it if I had gotten sick. I would have been miserable. That would be a miserable feeling. Do you see the difference there? I hope you do. So don't worry about uh, that type of thing. Well, I, you know, I hear that a lot. I see people on Facebook talk about it. I imagined a certain dollar amount. I imagined those numbers in my account. And then my son hands me a, a wad of Monopoly money the next day, and it totaled that exact amount. What am I doing wrong? Just relax. If you're truly dwelling in the state of your wish fulfilled, it will come about. To the listener that sent me the email, don't consider that as missing the mark. So you used getting off the toilet in your scene implying you were healed, and you get a new toilet but are still sick. So what? I'll tell you so what. You got a new commode, a nice new commode. Let that be that. So you got one. You know what you implied when you imagined being healed. Don't judge this whole new commode thing. Remain in the state of your wish fulfilled. Like Neville says, I was conscious of being it, I am conscious of being it, and I will continue being conscious of being it until it's perfectly expressed in my life. I'll give you an example. Let's say I use Kim in an imaginal scene for some wish. In that scene, she gives me a hug. I embrace her celebrating the fulfillment of whatever the wish was. Now, when she hugs me later in the day, I don't get upset because she hugged me, but the wish hasn't been fulfilled yet. 
I used Kim's hug, her voice, my dad's voice, my own voice, often in scenes, because as I'm feeling myself into my wish fulfilled, those things pop up naturally and automatically for me. So I use them, but there's never any power in the elements of a scene. The scene is just to get me to the point of naturalness, the feeling of my wish fulfilled. Be happy you have a new toilet. That's, a, that's cool. But that has nothing to do with your healing or the lack of it unless you give it meaning. You are the God spoken of in the Bible, not who you identify yourself as in this span of time, your true self. Mike isn't God. Mike Brignac isn't God. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> if my sister's listening, she's thinking, boy, don't I know that. My awareness of being is God. And so is yours. And we're one. That true self gave you the desire to be healed. Because perfect health already exists. You just need to select it. Which you tell me you already did. Now stick to it. Accept nothing short of it. Keep dwelling in the state of perfect health. It's the feeling, what you feel to be true that matters, not the scene. Okay, someone else asked me to explain the difference between believing and knowing. So uh, according to dictionary.com, believe means to have confidence in the truth, the existence, or the reliability of something, although without absolute proof that one is right in doing so. No is defined as to perceive or understand as fact or truth, to apprehend clearly and with certainty, to have established or fixed in the mind or memory, to be cognizant or aware of. For me, I believed what Neville taught, that my awareness of being is the God spoken of in the Bible, and I believed imagining creates reality. But it wasn't until I experienced them that I moved from believing it to knowing it. It's a different feeling for me. When I feel I believe something, it's going off of head stuff. But when I know it, it's a feeling down deep in my gut. I know it and nothing can shake me from it. You decide what those words mean to you. Those are just words that, that are symbols for uh, feeling, expressing something that's within you. That's what it's all about. So how you feel and what you do is what matters. What do you want to experience? Another listener asked me about how to use a concordance. If you've never used one and never had any interest in using one or reading the Bible, well, that's perfectly okay. <laughs> You're going to hell, though. <laughs> it's perfectly all right. That doesn't change who you really are or the fact that you can experience every one of your wishes fulfilled. But for those who grew up studying the Bible, or those who want to read the Bible, it takes on a whole, whole new wonderful meaning when you see it as your own autobiography. There are a lot of YouTube videos, and in the first section of the concordance, there's a whole explanation on how to use the concordance. So I'm just going to do it briefly here. Strong's concordance is divided into sections. Words defined based on the original Hebrew and Aramaic in the Old Testament and Greek for the New Testament, along with a list of every word in the Bible, even the articles. The one I have is based on the King James Version. So let's say I'm reading Genesis chapter 12, verse 9, and I see the word Egypt, and I want to know more about the word. I find the word listed in the concordance, and I check the reference number. 
Genesis is in the Old Testament, so I know I'm looking for the reference number in the Hebrew section. The concordance will list every verse that has Egypt in it. Sometimes a word will have different reference numbers because the translators used the same word for different Hebrew or Greek words. A lot of the time, translators went off of context and tried to stay true to the original meaning. But other times, they chose to translate it based on what they thought it should be. That's why I love the concordance so much, because I can look at the original meanings of those words. In this case, Egypt re Egypt's reference number is the same for all the verses, and it's 4714. So I turn to the Hebrew dictionary and find the number 4714, and it tells me that it's the nation of Egypt. Duh, right? But if you look to the right, there's an arrow, and look at the reference numbers on the other side of that arrow. Those are related words. You'll see that it relates to a word that means hemmed in, shut in, a fortress. Now it also means, or rather the Hebrew word is the name of a grandson of Noah's. But seeing the Bible as a spiritual autobiography and not as an historical account of a group of people, you'll be able to see why some, like Neville, say that Egypt represents where we all start, in bondage, slaves to the facts and conditions of the world. I suggest doing what I do. I have fun with this. I use references or resources like the Bible and the Concordance, but I always go to the true source, myself. And I turn within for understanding. Knowing the question I have, I assume I have it. And I thank the Father within me for the, that answer. Okay, I hope that helped you with the concordance question. Someone else copied and pasted a long list of questions uh, that some other person had posted in a group on Facebook that I am not a part of. But it's apparently something related to Neville Goddard or something like that. And my friend copied and pasted it and then sent them in a message to me asking me to address them. One of the questions, if we truly are God of our own reality, why can't our wants happen instantaneously? If I am in a state of my wish fulfilled, that I am seeing my world, reacting to my world, thinking thoughts and having feelings from that new state of consciousness. In the state of that wish fulfilled, I would not be marking time, wondering when it's going to happen. I wouldn't be wanting it to hurry up because I've already experienced it in imagination. And knowing that consciousness is the only reality, if I am conscious of being or having that wish fulfilled, then it must be expressed in the physical arena. I can hear my friend, the friend who sent this to me, saying, yeah, but I want it now. Why can't I just make it happen now? <laughs> my answer is the same. If I am truly occupying the state of my wish fulfilled, I would not be concerned with a question like that. Okay, next question. If we are truly powerful, why can't we bend reality? Well, Neville says it so beautifully. What we dream while we are asleep and what we experience while we are awake are both equally real but equally a dream. And knowing this is a dream, we can alter it. Bending reality makes it seem like there's something outside of me that I have to force a change in. There's nothing outside of my consciousness of it. So by making the change within me, the outer world changes. To me, bending reality is about as ignorant as calling things miracles. And I'm not trying to be a jackass about this. I'm talking about lacking the knowledge, lacking the understanding that I am imagining all the time and always experiencing what I am imagining. So when I say I need to bend reality or I need a miracle that puts something outside of me, 
Okay, a couple of more questions. Why can't we manipulate the weather? Are there aliens? Did we make them with our mind? <laughs> okay, the short answer. In his 1959 lecture, The Law, Neville says, Nothing lives outside of man. Nothing in this world is untrue if you want it to be true. I'm going to read that again. Nothing lives outside man. Nothing in this world is untrue if you want it to be true. I'm just now realizing that I could have just used that quote to answer all of those questions. <laughs> Saying manipulate the weather is like bending reality. It still puts something on the outside that I must coerce or bend to my will. That's still a small and separate point of view. There's no separation. There was a time when we were absolutely certain that man couldn't fly and certainly not leave the atmosphere, but someone imagined it was possible. Things that were historically called witchcraft are now commonplace technology now. So if it can be imagined, then it's possible. If I were to now tell you that it's not possible, then I would be negating the whole Feeling Twisty podcast. What the hell's my point here if I'm going to start telling you what's not possible? I've experienced too much, way too much of impossible things that have happened to turn around and say, well, maybe there is something that's impossible. Nothing is impossible. In his book, Awakened Imagination, Neville says, there is no stopping the man who can think from the end. Nothing can stop him. So what do you want? Think about how you would feel this very moment if you were already that and have been for a little while. Slip into that feeling like you're easing into a hot tub. Soak in it for a bit. Enjoy that feeling. You are that person right now. Because all we have is right now. And that feeling you're feeling right now is you in that new state of consciousness right now. Continue sustaining, existing in that feeling and see your world from that new state. But Mike, you make it sound so easy, but it isn't. It's so hard. I understand. I really do. I've been there. And here's when I ask you, what other fun desires are you imagining up for yourself? How are you playing? How are you practicing this art of imagining? I had a couple of people who listened to my last episode that insist they only have their one big desire. That's all they have. No other desires. That's just not true. Well, you don't know me, Mike. You wouldn't be listening to this episode if you didn't have some kind of desire. You wouldn't have gotten out of bed or eaten or used your, the bathroom. I could go on and on with things without desire. There is nothing holy about getting rid of desire. Even that is a desire. A, to get rid of desires. So there's no need to try to act like you have no desires. Embrace them, all of them. Think about what you're going to have for dinner right now. What are you going to have for dinner tonight? Is it just okay? Is it fine? It'll do. It's dinner. It's Taco Tuesday. That's what we always have. Okay, well, play for a bit. Imagine it better. Imagine it yummier. Did you already eat? Revise it. Go back to the dinner table. Imagine eating something else, something you really wanted, something decadent. Imagine taking a bite of some deliciously, sinfully chocolate cake. Mmm, that would have been a good dessert. 
Well, revise your dinner and have that chocolate cake for dinner. By focusing on the one thing, it's obsession. You're obsessing over it, over the lack of it. If you're obsessing over it, if you're feeling desperation, I can tell you you're not occupying the state of that wish fulfilled. If you're feeling pressure or confusion or wondering why it isn't happening, I can tell you you're not in the state. It's because you're experiencing exactly what you're imagining. You're imagining it's difficult, that it's out of your grasp, and that's what you're going to continue experiencing as long as that's what you're imagining. Once you're in the state of your wish fulfilled, you won't experience the circumstances the same way you experience them now. You won't get upset if, you, if your bed is still empty. Well, if the other side of the bed is still empty, you won't react to the dollar amount in your account the same. Sustain that feeling. Everything you really want to happen will happen. I can't tell you it's impossible. I can tell you it won't happen anytime soon if you're not dwelling in that state because you can't experience anything from a state of consciousness that you're not in. Every one of us will awaken, remember who we are. I have absolutely no doubt about that. And when that happens, you'll see how everything has always been yours in the first place. It's already been yours. Always has. But until then, practice this art of imagining. The law, as Neville calls it. Daily, assume each one of your desires are fulfilled. Practice. Play with this. Have fun. And share with me your stories. I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at feelingtwisty or email me at feelingtwisty at gmail.com. You know what? I love you. This is Feeling Twisty. Twisty.